Welcome to the Malaspina Theatre Podcast, recorded in the beautiful Malaspina Theatre Lobby on Vancouver Island University's Nanaimo campus. Every episode, we will feature members of our community on a wide variety of different topics, themes, and styles of podcasting. Our goal is to foster discussions important to our community members and highlight emerging talent. We would like to thank Mr. Nanaimo, Woodson, Salem, Tsunoas, and Qualicum First Nations on whose traditional lands we teach, learn, research, and live and share knowledge. to Malaspina Theatre's podcast. I'm sitting, I'm Leon Potter, and I'm sitting here with Craig Taylor and Kyla, who is acting as our tech and our student uh, voice in here, we, who's worked with both of us, which is fantastic. Craig, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Uh, for those of you who are listening in, one of the things that we were doing this term was Craig has a creative writing class working in script writing, and what we were doing is combining his creative writing class with my acting class and combining both of them together in order to do some staged readings. Uh, And you were good enough to take the last one because I was busy working at the port. So how did that go? It was great. I think um, throughout the year it worked out um, incredibly well. I mean, this is my first year really teaching here at at BIU and certainly here at the main campus. And I was just, um, yeah, I was excited at the prospect. I think we met before the the semester um, kicked off and just talked about, you know, what could happen. And and for my students who aren't studying acting, from the very beginning, I told them we need to, we need to get these pieces on their feet. We need to hear them read aloud. You need to see what actors can do to them. You need to, um, acknowledge that this is a collaborative art form for better or for worse um and so it it was great and uh you know i think it it all culminated with the last class where um one of the students was actually in tears because he was just so moved by how his words were being were being uh, put up on stage and and uh and that to me was was one of the best moments of the entire semester. That, that makes it all worth it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I think he just felt that he'd created something. He'd sat alone. He'd had a tough time of it. But he brought it out here. And two of the students were able to become, in effect, Mongol warriors on the, on yeah. the step from the how, 15th century or whenever it was. Absolutely brilliant that is. That's fantastic. I know that for um, my own students, and Kyla was actually one of them, um, we from what I've heard, it was probably their favorite part of the term. They really enjoyed working with the creative writing students, trying new things. What was your take on it? It was definitely one of my favorite parts of the term, especially because I'm the president of our student theater group, and I had actors coming to me saying that they were demanding to have some of the scripts in the one acts. And I was like, if they get submitted we will produce them in the one act festival because there were actors so passionate about the scripts, especially the one that you mentioned about the Mongols. It what a great idea. Riley is fighting for me to put that in the one act festival. And great. I mean, it, with such passion, like there's no way around it. I can't just say no. That's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And I think the most alluring part of doing this particular class is just that immediate transition. You know, we walk down a few steps from one classroom to this theater and immediately you can, you can see your piece 
performed, interpreted, brought to life. And yeah. you can see what doesn't work and you can feel a bit ashamed at, at what lines are clunking. And Absolutely, I think that's, yeah. that's very valuable for, for writers at any stage. It's really interesting because I was trying to, because we've got some young theater students who are aspiring writers as well. And I was trying to explain to them the process of that, um, that idea of, of workshopping something. Right, because they think, well, I've put words on paper. I can just produce it now, and I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> you may want to have a listen and see what it sounds like first, um, which is brilliant to me. How many? Just out of curiosity, um, how many sort of public readings would you say a script, on average a script would go th- go through? Oh, before as, you, before as you many as possible. I oh, mean, really? We, well, we had a great moment in class as well where we had a guest speaker, a woman named Heather Jorgensen, who um, wrote a film in 2000 called Kissing Jessica Stein, which became quite a big deal. And, yeah, uh, I remember that film. Yeah, and, and went on and, and uh, did very well. And she uh, zoomed in from Los Angeles and talked to our class. And that script had started as some sketches uh, in a theater off, 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 really? Broadway. And so it was great to have her, someone who who took a, a, a script from a collection of rough sketches all the way One. to showing it at, uh, at Toronto, you know, in, in 2001. Um, and, and she was great at saying, like, it doesn't matter how many times. You just have to battle test everything and you have to, you have to bring every single one of these moments in front of people to find out which ones live and which ones die. And so... The more readings, the better. We have a saying in the theater that opening night is just an excuse to stop working on the show. And I don't know if it's similar with the, uh, with, the with playwriting, because I know that for us, speaking as a director, you're always tinkering, forever tinkering, for going, you know what, if we make that lighting cue just a, like a second shorter, and what about this one if we just add this... Right. Needless to say, there's always that moment during tech weekend where you look at the show and be like, oh, you know what I should have done? And which is usually completely different from what we were actually doing. Which you're not allowed to do for the visit. No, no, no. We never do. But it's always that thing where you, you get this you get this realization and you look at you look at the piece and you think, oh, you know, and then this idea comes to you for next time. If you get a, if you get a chance to produce it again, maybe it would go in this direction, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Kyle is my stage manager for the visit, which so that'll be very exciting. Well, I think in our in the class that I was teaching, the the great thing was you'd see what would happen if you tinkered with a single word. Sometimes a single word could change everything, and then we would do these very substantive edits where you you'd cut a, a bunch, and all of a sudden yeah. you'd uh, you'd feel how the flow of the script takes over. Um, just looking at scripts on the screen, looking at these chunks of undigested text, and then looking at scripts that move quickly, you could you can see, it's almost like sculpture, you can and see the difference. That's actually really cool because there's an exercise that we do in the acting class when people are having difficulty sort of wrapping their head around a, around a script or a monologue or something along those lines. Oftentimes what we'll do, we'll get them sort of lay down and say, okay, so if it's feeling awkward, then whatever word is, it, go through the words, and you got to remember that the playwright has, you know, the way I try and explain it is like oftentimes the playwright is agonized over what word to put here. So it's not extraneous. There's a, there's a reason. So I was like, okay, go ahead, try and replace it. And eventually they'll go through and they'll be like, you know, you know they'll try this word and they'll try that word and they'll try the other word and they'll, they'll say the line, they'll try this and that. And like, 
basically turn into a small thesaurus of, you know, the different similes to what'll sound right. And then they'll always land back on, okay, no, I get it. I get why they chose this, this word in this moment, which is a super cool exercise. Great fun. And for us, it's, it's making sure that that word will hold up to a test it's, like that. It's the right, it's yeah. the right one. Which yeah. is great. So you actually went here. When was that? Uh, I was here in 94 to 96. Yeah. Fantastic. yeah. In the theater department. Yeah. So, uh, cool. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice. Uh, various reasons have brought me back here, but it's great to be at VIU to show that, you know, this is very much a starting point and, um, and you can just go on from here and do, and do great things. And so what happened? So, so just to be clear, what happened afterwards? So you graduated from here. I went to uh, Bishop's University in Lennoxville, Quebec for a couple of years nice. to finish off. And then I went from there to Toronto um, and I worked at a magazine there for a couple of years. And the people I was living with were heavily involved with the Toronto theater scene. And so I got to see, you know, the ups and downs of, of the big city, the big Canadian city and its <laughs> theater scene. And then from there I went to London um, and I was in London for 13 years and then nice. I, um, yeah, I went to New York from, from there and, uh, and then came back, you know, uh, recently to awesome. the island. That's really cool. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, so how many, you were talking about some of the, um, some of the one act. Yes. The one act festival is going to be choosing some of these plays. Yes. So uh, we've put out the date to uh, Craig class, and I've said that they have to have their stuff submitted by then, and we, they can still workshop it after, but we have to have scripts in, and then we'll do readings of them all, and our executive team will pick probably between three and five to produce in our space. Nice. And then we'll do a little weekend showing of all of the one acts, and I'm really hoping that we get a few from your class, because from the ones that I've had the chance to like read, they're wonderful. Great. Yeah, there's been some terrific work and, and just to, again, just to see it and just to, you know, to hear when it is lagging. I think that's probably the, one of the great gifts you yeah. guys gave this class was this, the moments of it being very boring you know, and, having, <laughs> and having the students really sitting there in, in abject terror thinking this, is a, this, this isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's a very powerful thing, like to have Absolutely. actors trying their best, but just not being able to lift up yep. these words. And so... Um, and so going back, cutting them, finding a better solution, yeah. adding life in. So yeah, that's been, that was, that was incredibly fun. To, boredom, to is, boredom is one of your greatest tools as yeah. an artist. Yeah. No, it is because when you're direct, I was telling to, I've got some students that come in and they assistant direct every now and then and I'll be sitting with them. You can see them kind of start to nod off. And I was like, okay, so this is your show and you're nodding off. <laughs> if that's the case then you have a job to fix it. You can go and be like, okay, so I've lost interest in my own show at this point. Let's go back and actually try and cut this, move this, have the dancing camels at this point, and then, you know, or an air horn. Right, that'll be good. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, air yeah, yeah. Air horns? No, there was a wonderful show that I saw in Vancouver, Vancouver called uh, Fronteras Americanas by uh, Guillermo uh, Verducci, I think his name is. And at about... 40 minutes in he comes out it's just a one-man show at 40 minutes and he comes out with this air horn you know just blows his air horn and the whole audience you can see the whole audience going like this and then he just walks up in front of him and goes 
Ladies and gentlemen, it has been it has been studied that after about forty minutes time, people start to nod off. So we've decided to use this technique, and he just wrote it right into the play. <laughs> no way! Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Just <laughs> hysterical. Well, it was great to hear a lot of the students coming and quoting you. Actually, they they came back to class saying, "Well, you know, as, as Leon said, I think it was it, it was um, some quotes about what actors do." with the script when they look at um, what other act, what other characters are saying about that character. Right. Um, and so there were, the, it was great to see that um, they were taking wisdom from, from what you were saying up on stage too, and trying to incorporate that into their script. What I love so. is, what I love is the stuff is when different people come from different, you know, cause we always talk to the students about this being a collaborative art form. Right. And the beauty of that is this idea that so many people are coming at it from different directions, that you have these, right? This teacher has said this, this instructor has said this, I worked with this actor who said this, I worked with, the, you know, and they've all got this, these different life experiences that are bringing them together to create a single unified piece, which is fantastic, you know, it's wonderful. So here's a question. What was the first play that you did that really, I wouldn't say launched, would you say launched? That I wrote or that I... Claim to fame. That I was in? Yeah, yeah, the first one. Well, because you were talking about this student that um, wrote this piece. Oh, yeah, And it was, you know, moved to tears, you know. So that must have been fascinating the first time you... Yeah, there was a lot of magic here on this stage, I I remember, um, in terms of performance, in terms of just realizing what theater was, what performance was. We did a performance of Our Country's Good, which was was terrific here, which was really... Just eye-opening, you know, what talking is like an 18-year-old, 19-year-old. Um, there were there was a performance done by two professionals here of Waiting for Godot, which changed my life. I think I was, I was about 15 or 16 when I saw it on this stage. Um, and then from there, you know, just uh, I started doing a series um, called One Million Tiny Plays. I started writing series that was at first a self-published zine and it was based on things I overheard while working at the hardware counter at um, Canadian Tire in Victoria That's and awesome and so those overheard conversations went into a self-published zine when I moved to London I kept I kept uh, writing these plays mostly about what I saw um, around me in London eventually the Guardian newspaper started publishing them and then they were put into a, a book by Bloomsbury. So nice. I like to, to let people know that there's like this line of just, you know, you just start so there, a project so it's and really, you can... It's never really, an, it's never a finished work. It's just... No, and, and it can just keep going in these small initiatives that you have that you might self-publish or that you might publish online. They can grow into something I love bigger. that. I love the idea of these like... Because I've read a lot of them, I, I got hold of your book when you first came here, and they're fantastic little just vignettes, tiny vignettes of of stuff that's going on. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and they can be, you know, they've been performed all over the world, different professional productions. I think professional theaters like them because of that sense of combining. They can combine all these pieces in a manner that fits them. Yeah. The last professional produc- production was in the West End in London, and. January 2020, so Perfect. just before it all went down. And uh, it was two actors, and they they did about 55 of the plays, and they wore all of the costumes. And so they would just strip down and strip down and strip down and strip <laughs> down. And they were incredible, like two virtuosic performances by That's these two actors. But, wonderful. But um, that made me think that, you know, these pieces can be 
you can find that middle ground where you're you're writing something that you enjoy, but you're also catering to the what theaters want these days, what they can put on these okay, days. Okay, so there's a so there's a really good question that I'd love to ask you. How much of that happens? How much of the how much of the how much of the okay? So this is the flavor of the time. Um, I'm going to write. You know, I want to write a piece about this, but what I see in my head has got a cast of thousands and 152 extras and et cetera, <laughs> right? Um, and then, but at the same time, you go, okay, so I want to sell this and Stratford's not going to buy it, but you know, maybe the Arts Club will and I can get six actors. So how do I make six look like a thousand or something along those lines? Like how much catering is there to that? Or do you, would you, what do you tell your students? Do you go... Um, do you just blast forward and say, no, this is what I want to write. This is what I'm going to write. Boom, done. Well, it's a, it's a great challenge. You know, what can you do with, with just a, as little as possible? How can you make things actually happen in the world? So I wouldn't ever tell someone to hold back on, on what they want to do. If you want to get like 50 people on stage, work to do that, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but realistically you'll probably be, be dealing with, with smaller casts, but what can that give you what can that mm-hmm. allow you to explore and so i don't think of it as a, a limiting process at all you know yeah. from, from what i've seen with my own work where there's been very small casts two people three people but what that's forced theater companies to do is just work on transformation which right. is a great thing to hand to a director how do you transform these people from you know short order cooks into politicians in two steps and like that is a problem that great directors love to solve. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, that can be some of the most fun around. It's the, you know, t- it's the take what you've got and make what you want. Yeah, yeah, type absolutely. Of, type of mentality. Which and I know, you know, po- pre-COVID, it, things weren't looking so great. No, Post-COVID, exactly. things aren't looking. So it's about finding just <laughs> how do you get this stuff out? It's how the, do you... It's the constant <laughs> struggle to create something that you go, look, I made art for a few weeks and now it's gone, but that's okay. I'll make more. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, there are worse ways to spend your time. That's you know? true. That's true. I'm here for a limited amount of time just to make as much art as humanly possible. That would be great. Beats working in an Amazon Craig, I was wondering, you obviously have written some pretty interesting scripts, but have you done much work like on stage or backstage in a production? Mostly here. I mean, on stage, I was acting here, but I was, you know, the great thing about this program is that you're basically learning to be a carpenter as well, and you're learning about lighting. And so all of that um, was definitely a part of my very early uh, academic life here at this very theater. And um, from then, you know, I, I would help out backstage when I needed to. But um, but then I, I realized that my shift was going to be the person sitting there biting his nails in the theater, being like, uh, get it <laughs> well, right, get it right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, uh, in London too, living in London, great theatrical center, you just, you just realize, you know, how close you can get to it, how much, you know, if you want to put on something, you can... Um, Again, it's just that feeling of just knowing that with a small group of people, you can you can do something yeah. really meaningful. Yeah, I worked in a small theater, um, it called which we talked about, which like the garage in London, which is tiny, tiny little black box theater, whose 
basically postal address, put it in the West End, and you know, but that was basically the only relevance to it. Um, but it was in a back alley of a back alley down a road, and you know, passwords and you know, men in big coats going, "Yeah, if you want to, <laughs> you want to see some theater? Come over here." <laughs> right? um, and it was great. But it was what astounded me was that people came to see it. You know, I was a new director in town, and people were like, oh, what are you doing? Let's see what you've got. You know, what are you going to bring to the table? This is great. And they were all like, this is fantastic. Right. And, of course, you come back to Vancouver, and you're begging for audiences. And you're like, please, <laughs> come and Yeah, see. yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe COVID has made us realize that we're never, like, you're always going to be just talking to a few, but you can you can make that connection very strong, I think. What I love is the the sense when I'm looking around and talking to different theater artists and, you know, tell me, tell me if you found something else, but I often, when I, the people that I've talked to and the people that I know, it feels almost as though everybody kind of like waking up from a long nap and brushing themselves off and going, okay, so that was a little break. Now we're back. What are we doing? Boom. And it, it's like they're picking right up where they left off, right? And just going like straight back into it. Yeah, well, the drug supply has been cut off. You know, you've had, <laughs> you've had people. Well, I think people have, have realized the limitations of wanting to stare at a screen. And, you know, maybe last year at this time, everyone was like, "Well, yeah, okay, we'll we'll just uh, do every part of our emotional and cultural lives on Zoom, and that'll be fine." And <laughs> and I think that that has worn off, and people are are realizing that that being in that live space. For music, for theater, for whatever else, it's just exactly. yeah, exactly that unreplaceable that in that interaction. Yeah, yeah. People looking at an audience, talking to them, feeling the feeling that reaction. Right? Yeah, just all the. I mean, we're sitting here in a theater lobby, like all the secondary elements too of like putting on real clothes, looking at other people, being part of like a a social event for one night, um, eating a meal after, like all this stuff has been curtailed for so long that. I really do think there's going to be a kind of bounce back and people are going to move back with some enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was really interesting last year as like an acting student to do the semester trying to act with people over Zoom and trying to build those connections. And then as soon as we got into the classroom second semester, I immediately formed like connections that were palpable and usable when I saw these people in person. But you couldn't do it through the screen. No, no, not at all. Right, because of course, it, when you're looking somebody in the eye in the screen, you're looking at the camera on the computer, so you're not actually looking at anybody, which is which breaks everything, right? So you know, and there were lots of plays on Zoom, and there were lots of readings, and there was lots of let's try this and let's try that, and that was fantastic, right? And I, my hats off and kudos to everybody who was involved in all of those all over the world, you know. Um, you know, National Theater was releasing all of their, hey, you know, look at the stuff that we've been doing. Um, a lot of theaters were doing that. It's like, you know, here's a recording of the stuff that we have been doing just to keep people, al- you know, keep it alive, keep the interest. Um, but you're right, absolutely. As soon as we walked on stage, the, the connection was instantaneous. Of Yeah, and how interesting for you, Kyla, to be part of this, like, experiment. I'm sure you didn't want to be, but but now you've been able to see vividly, like, what happens when there's a kind of solely digital experience and then you come back to this, you know, energy, actual humans in, in proximity is so strong. Yeah, because like you can learn theory as much as you want online. 
but there is something just so different to getting in a space with someone. And like I worked with Bruckner, one of my classmates, a lot last year, and I still work with her a lot this year. And we did not speak on Zoom. We didn't talk to each other at all. As soon as we got into class, we started working together all the time. We're now very close friends. There is something that divides you when you're that far apart. Naturally. And it's it's very interesting. Yeah. Because when the Zoom calls over, you turn it off and you look around and you're like, oh, I'm in my basement. I'm alone. <laughs> I'm alone. <laughs> right. And it's crazy. Right. And you go back to, oh, okay. And there's always this kind of lull afterwards. Right. Which is very, I've always found it's a little bit similar to clo- after closing night. Right. The post show slump of, okay. And then, ah, what am I doing next? Okay. <laughs> Let's do that one. For sure. It's been interesting, too, to see in this class, in my class, how um, students who aren't real theater goers, Mm -hmm. who don't, who didn't go to the theater before COVID, um, but are taking this course, who are interested in screenplays, a few of them have become converts. You know, they've, they might not even use this script as a theater script. They might kind of import the writing back into a novel or something, but they've brought writing into this realm and they've they've loved the experience. It's strengthened the dialogue that might find their way, Which find its way time. back into a novel. But it's, it's like you've taken this material and tested it in the fire yeah. and then you've just put it back into another form. But um, I want to stress the importance of that process too, because um, we like using the theater and using the, the actors doesn't just have to be for a one act play festival it's great if it is but it's it's great to see that it can go back into the work of yeah of just, other types of creative writing be, it can just be read yeah read which is why this loud. this relationship between creative writing and, and theater i think is is really important yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely which is fantastic that's great who was here when you were when you were here uh ross was here uh ross ross, ross debray yeah he's already yeah. teaching yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Tony Bancroft was here. Uh, it was near the end of his tenure. Uh, Mike. Yeah. Was here. Um, yeah, I think that was the crew. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of uh, my fellow students have gone on to do illustrious things. That's always great, though, right? You always find, I don't know if you've always found it, but um, the... A lot of the graduates that I have and friends that I have from UVic and from England are, we all keep in touch. And there's always this, hey, you're doing this. Hey, congratulations. And like, you really, it's great to sort of watch everybody and see where they come from. And you'll find this as well, right? There's a camaraderie that happens. I think that I'll miss a little bit of it, though, because there are only two second years in our program. And oh, that's true. My, like, my second years, the people who graduated last year, a lot of them didn't immediately go and pursue theater because it was still in the middle of covid yeah, so that's true right so they're all slowly getting back into it we've yeah. really like i feel like there's a big disconnect there and i'm i feel like that's another part of the world that we're missing out on through mm-hmm. this whole thing because like i was excited to have like a network of people who i would check in on all the time and like i have probably like five that <laughs> i'll check in on yeah but I don't have a class. No, exactly. I don't have like an entire year of people who I've That's spent true. two years with. Which is funny, with. yeah. Which is funny because the first years will have that, of course, because they're a much bigger group. But that one, the one COVID year that sort of passed through. But at the same time, you'll have an experience that nobody else had. Yeah, either. being one of only two technicians and working every gig. Exactly. Definitely an experience. <laughs> definitely, that's for sure. 
Wonderful. Anyway, um, so I wanted to say thank you. We're at time now? Yeah. Yeah, about time now. So I want to say thanks very much, Craig, for coming out and having a chat with us. This is this is fantastic. And I really look forward to working with you more in the future. This will be great. Yeah.